Hey, everybody, welcome to the SCB Steelers podcast presented by Deck Roofing Incorporated of South Florida. The uh, season for the Pittsburgh Steelers is now in the books for the 2021 year and uh, came to a very, um, well, crashing end. Inauspicious uh, end. In, yes. Inauspicious. It started. Yes. I tell you what, it started okay Sunday night. Um, the defense was hanging in there while the offense sputtered. We got a big play from Cam Hayward and, and ultimately uh, T.J. Watt. We were up seven nothing. I, I I was feeling pretty good, but it didn't last long. Uh, the Chiefs go on to win forty two twenty one, and uh, uh, Steelers are home now. Chiefs move on. They'll host the Bills this week, and uh, the career of uh, Ben Roethlisberger uh, seemingly now over at the very least in Pittsburgh. Um, he's, he's pretty much said he's moving on with, uh, the next phase of life, but he has not uttered the word retire. And, uh, uh, we'll, we'll get into that here in a second. Uh, it's the usual crew, Ian, Ben, and Ellie all joining me. Uh, hello everybody, whether you are listening on audio or watching us on YouTube or wherever it is you enjoy your podcasts. Welcome. Um, Quick point on Ben. Um, if, yeah, go for if it. He waits, start. If he waits until June 2nd to retire, they can restructure his contract now. They've got to do it. Before I, it voids. I think it voids the first day of the league year, but it might void the day after the Super Bowl. So I'm not sure what it, where his contract reads. But if they do, they can save a little over $7 million on the cap next year. And even if they don't use it, they can carry the space into 2023. So it's like it's one of those deals where it's kind of a mm-hmm. a no brainer to ask him to go ahead and do it. So so the reality is is that the the new league year is usually around the first week of March, if I remember correctly. Correct, isn't it? somewhere in there. So they would ask him. They would say, "Hey, uh, Ben, we we know you're done, but uh, we still got you on the books here. Uh, can you restructure?" Is, is that right. what we're saying? And then he would retire after June 1st. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. So yeah. that would be very necessary, uh, it seems, to for the uh, fan base to know that because I can already see the crazy uh, – I mean, getting getting crazier when they see Steelers restructure Ben Roethlisberger's contract. People would be going nuts thinking he's coming back. They've got plenty uh, of cap space now, so they, right. they may not right. do it. They may just take the entire hit. Mm-hmm. in 2022 and be done with it mm-hmm. but it would Very give true. them additional room that they could use this year if they were so true. inclined and if they ended up not using it they could just carry it in the next year yeah didn't, didn't the yeah. saints do that with drew Brees this year with drew Brees, yeah yeah they yeah, didn't really well, have a choice yeah. though they had to they had to create space yeah and they're, they're in a much worse situation they're in the, yeah the same boat again this year edition right now. But they they can make the room if they want to. They just mm-hmm, gotta mm-hmm. restructure a ton of contracts. And to be honest with you, right? If I'm them for anything for a few years, mm-hmm. at least start over. Yeah, Ben, you're locking up on us just That's a little me. bit right now. Yeah. Oh. Um not sure well, why. Not sure. Freezing up. Audio stopping there. Yeah. Well, I'll let it refresh real quick. Um, so, Ellie, obviously you saw what we all saw um, mm-hmm. when Ben had his 
awesome farewell at Heinz Field against the Browns. Um, obviously, it was a different story Sunday night. Um, mm-hmm. What what was kind of going through your mind um, as as opposed to that that Sunday night or that Monday night game against the Browns? Um, it definitely wasn't didn't feel like a farewell thing for me this time. It was the focus was more on the fact that we were in the playoffs and that was what was most important there. Um, so I wasn't as uh, emotional as I was against the Browns. Mm-hmm. Um, and him saying goodbye at Heinz Field was just more special. So I didn't really feel um, that that was the goodbye. I feel like we'd already said our goodbyes and now we were just running with whatever time we had left. I wish it had been more and longer. Of course, we all wish that. Um, yeah. But yeah, it. I, I didn't feel as um, emotional at the end of the game, even though I knew that that was probably the last time he'll ever play, period. Um, it wasn't as emotional for me as the goodbye at Heinz. Yeah, I, I think that probably speaks for a lot of people. I, I know for me, uh, there was the the end of the season feeling, and I, yeah. I think we all get it uh, to differing degrees, uh, especially those of us that, that follow this team so closely and put all of this time and effort into it. Uh, it does hit differently, but yeah. Um, yeah in, in, in his case, I, I did, I kept thinking back to that Monday night game. I'm thinking, man, I'm so glad that, that we got that because so few yeah. players get it. Yeah. Um, it, yeah. I kind of felt like the, the Monday night against Cleveland at home was kind of a, a thank you to the fans, right? It, that one was for the yeah. fans. Mm-hmm. The game in Baltimore was kind of for the team, right? That it was, you know, him going out for the team. And this was kind of just like a victory lap. Like, hey, we got one more game. Let's go have fun and see what happens. And my my thought really, I mean, I didn't want to see him go out on a a horrendous note. I know we kind of got our ass kicked in the game in total. But like when we got the ball back at the end, (laughs) I was like, just don't throw an interception. Like I did not want his last pass in the NFL to be an interception. Because there's been yep. plenty of quarterbacks that have yep. gone out on an interception, and Drew Brees would have, been, would have been awesome to get a touchdown. Didn't quite get that, but you know, his, he completed his last pass to Zach positive Gentry. Yards. So mm-hmm. yeah, for positive yards, exactly. Right. So um, you know, he had the ball at the end, and and you know, didn't didn't go out on a pick. So that was that was. I was thing. thinking the same thing. Yeah, like don't throw a pick. Just just yeah. I don't care if we don't score. Just just. Don't throw a pick. Yeah, uh, I, I was I was right with you. Um, yeah. So, um, Ben, you 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 commented on this I think today, um, as we kind of move towards twenty twenty two a little bit here. Which comment? Um, what's that? Go ahead. Well, comment? the the comment is is that well, it's a leading comment I guess based on what I've seen. But why do people hate Mason Rudolph. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I, okay. Look, we all four of us, we're not crazy about him as a quarterback. We've nope. all been on record as this. Okay. But it's not like the guy shot and killed Santa Claus. Right. I, I, um, what is it? Help me understand this. I, I think people hate, people that insist that Mason will be a good quarterback. Um, I don't think they actually hate Mason. Um, I just think they get frustrated. And, you know, social media is dumb. It's not real life. But people get so worked up over it, man. I, uh, 
you know, the, the things I see written, I'm just mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. are you mm-hmm. kidding me? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I think people are just, just frustrated with that. You know, the, yeah. the insistence that Mason Rudolph is a young player. Well, no, he's not. He's about to be a fifth year pro. He is not a young player. Um, that he hasn't had a chance. Yes, he has. He's had yep. 10 starts. Yep. He's had four years. Hasn't really improved much. Um, he's kind of shown us who he is. So, yeah, this is kind of a dumb argument. Um, you know, I really, I've said this before, and I will say it again, and I'm sure I'll say it next year. Mm-hmm. It would be really nice if Mason Rudolph would would prove me wrong. Hell Go out yes. and, and prove yeah. that he can be a respectable starter. But I don't see it. I just don't. And I think that's at, that's at the root of that argument between people that that are proponents of Masons and opponents of Masons mm-hmm. who are like, yeah, no, this guy is just never going to be the guy. I wish the Steelers wouldn't waste any time on him. Well, unfortunately, the Steelers are not in a great position this year. Unless a quarterback that they love falls in their lap. I don't expect them to take a guy in the first round. I don't either. I really don't. I don't either. They've got too many other holes at, at other positions where, mm-hmm. where they can get the best center or they can get the best strong safety or, you know, they can get the, the number one uh, right tackle mm-hmm. in the mm-hmm. 20s yeah. as opposed to getting the sixth best quarterback. Why would you? Why? No. The hell with that. You know, solidify your other positions, your other needs with the best available player at that position then and wait a year and grab your quarterback later. Yeah, we could have had Trevor Lawrence playing behind this offensive line this year and he wouldn't have lit the world on fire. No, it would have have damaged his career. I mean, it just – they were that bad. Yeah, Somebody – was it Pony today who said that he'd he'd re-sign Trey Turner? Oh, he's – He – do you – did you not watch the game? He tweets to get – to get these reactions. Well, That's it worked. That was some yes, dumb shit. I was like, the worst yeah. offensive lineman in pass protection, and you would bring him back. Yeah. Personally responsible yeah. for, what, eight or ten sacks that Ben gave? At, at I, least I, one play per game, he just stood there while people ran right past Ran him. right past him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Somebody That's else it. has got that guy. What? Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, Ian, what, one, what, 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 yeah, go ahead. Can I make one other point on, on Mason Rudolph too? That's, yes, um, yes. I think a lot of people were, were angry about Mason Rudolph being a stealer from the beginning because mm-hmm. of how he was acquired. Um, you know, let's not forget that was the draft in which during the second round, it was the Martavis Bryant, we pick. traded away Mar- Martavis Bryant yep. and then used that pick yep um that we i think it was the pick we got for bryant wasn't it it was yeah i'll I'll admit it it fully i i was pissed i i thought they should have taken a defender there yeah that we used we traded away martavis bryant in the second round of the draft and we had drafted first off people were angry that because we picked Terrell edmonds in the first round which was a gigantic reach and i mean to Mike Tomlin's credit in his, you know, season ending press conference, they asked him about Edmonds and really the only thing he had to say was he was available. Availability. His, his availability, Um, (coughs) which yes. That's a valid point though. Yes, it is a valid point, Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. let's think back over the last few years. 
And I know how we all feel about first round running backs, but imagine how things would have been different if we had drafted Nick Chubb or if we had drafted Darius Leonard to the yeah. to Ben's Darius point Leonard about would have been a great pick uh, there. Yeah. The, um, like, Nick Chubb that was would the have year been a Shazier, pretty good pick. That was the year after Shazier got hurt too. And like right. we we needed an inside linebacker and didn't draft one at all. Yeah. So not only did we make a, a weird ass pick of a safety in the first round who many yeah. people had a third round grade on, mm-hmm. then we traded Martavis Bryan away and uh you know Tomlin. then we drafted James Washington who you know People thought was a good, okay, you know, deep ball potential replacement, but wasn't really. Um, and then, um, you know, Tomlin and then we, was in love with Bashan Evans that year. Yes. And, and he uh, had been yeah. taken already. Yeah. yeah he went That's to right. Tennessee. And this was kind of a fallback pick, but I, yeah. yeah, I wasn't, wasn't crazy about it at all. Right. Jesse Bates would have been a great pick there too. Jesse that Bates matter. would have been a great pick. Yes. Yeah. And then, and then we trade Bryant and use the pick to take Mason Rudolph. So, which, why? So, yeah. so in other words, all of those things kind of culminated in the the Mason hate, just mm-hmm. you know, from from that regard. I mean, yes. So, Ellie, do you put yourself in the position of I don't care who the quarterback is, I just want my team to win, or or do you look at Mason and do you say, yeah, this guy bugs me? I mean, is there something about when he talks or something? People just oh, no. get really agitated about this guy. It's hilarious to me. Yeah. I, I don't really – he doesn't bother me that much, to be honest. I think some people just take it – there's some people that hate him in ways that I'm like, really? Is he really yes. that, worth that much of a dislike? Couldn't be me. But, I mean, whatever. <laughs> um, I don't dislike Mason Rudolph. Is he the future? No. Does the organization seem to think he is or was? Mm, I think maybe at some point they were like, let's just break it till we make it. Um, and they just never made it. So I don't know whether mm-hmm. maybe that was what happened with him. Mm-hmm. Um, my thing on it is I agree with Ben, who I think Ben just said this. Um, didn't you just say we need we have more important holes to fill in this draft? Yeah. Um, well, and- I wouldn't. I, w- I definitely would not say more important. I think they're they're really important. Yeah. There are better opportunities yes, in the twenties. When you're drafting in the twenties, there are better opportunities to take a player there than a quarterback. Yeah. Because you're I probably would, gonna I get the, you're gonna get the fifth or sixth best quarterback available, maybe the fourth, where in a spot where you can get the best center or the best right tackle yeah. or the best strong safety, one of those positions, and it's like I'm gonna I'd rather take that guy. I'd rather take the best guy at his position mm-hmm. when I have a hole there. I mean, I unless the best guy at his position is a reach, you know, and that happens sometimes mm-hmm. too. Yeah. I would agree with you on that. Yeah. Ian, let me ask you this question. You're, you're, you're closer to this than any of us. Kenny Pickett sure. falls to 20. Man. Now, uh, Derek Carr. I, I, I'm not even. That's right, who he I, is. I, I, I'm not even. Here's, what, here's why I'm asking that. From a business standpoint and a marketability standpoint, isn't that like a perfect marriage? I mean, the uh, city of Pittsburgh well, already loves this guy. They yes, and that's you know. that's that's the good and the bad of it, though. That if if Kenny Pickett falls to the Steelers and they take him, mm-hmm. people are going to ride with him far longer than yes. where he may be good enough to play that it it you know there's it's 
it's that the you know the the local legend kind of thing right yeah. that he resurrected Pitt's program and it's you know it was a Heisman contender and all that that if he comes in and is not good people aren't going to be willing to move on from him mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. the the teams what, as, you mean like as, Mason Rudolph as much as i hate to say it <laughs> the teams the teams that have actually been successful in their quarterback analysis are the ones that realize they have bad ones and are willing to move on from them quickly, quickly. even if they used a, a first round pick like arizona to their credit used a top 10 pick on Josh Rosen, realized he wasn't it, and used another, the number one overall pick on quarterback the following year. Um, You know, the the teams like that, you know, that's, you know, you can't, if you have a guy and you know he's not it, you can't keep running him out there and hoping he gets better. Acknowledge your mistakes. Yeah. And right. move on. Yeah, it's it's a it's a sunk cost at that. It's point. a sunk cost at that point, exactly. Yeah. yeah, and and the fan base. If I'll just use the example, if we draft Carson Strong mm-hmm. and he stinks, people will be ready to move on from him in a year or two. Absolutely. If we draft Kenny Pickett and he stinks, people won't want to move on from him, and will probably even want to sign him to a second contract, <laughs> even if he's bad. Although. Well, the Browns might sign Baker Mayfield to a second contract, so who knows? I mean, you know, I would take Kenny Pickett over Baker Mayfield every day of the week. It's, it's exactly I, I why Kenny, I asked the question, though. It was that aspect. I look at Kenny know. Pickett, and I see Derek Carr with not quite as much arm. More more elusiveness, though. Mm-hmm. Better legs. Mm-hmm. I think he's uh, a little better legs than Carr. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Uh, By the way, I, did you guys did you guys see the pictures of Derek Carr next to uh, Marv, Marv from Home from Alone? Yes. <laughs> he looked just like him. <laughs> I couldn't resist. I had to share that one. So good, uh, so yeah. good. Yes. Oh, very good. Hey, we are uh, of course presented by Deck Roofing of South Florida, Deck Serving Broward and uh, Southern Palm Beach counties. Whether it's commercial, industrial, residential, multifamily, or condos, contact or multifamily. Deck Roofing today by visiting deckroofing.com. Um, one thing I did want to do uh, before we, we get too much further into the off-season stuff is um, memories of Ben Roethlisberger, and I know there are many, but, and I'll, I'll start, Ellie, what, what is your, the one memory that stands out for you? Oh, my gosh. I, I know it's hard because there's many. Yes. Yeah, there are so many. And then when you think about them, can't think of a single one. But, okay, there are, let's think of some. I guess one of my favourites, and it's one that I always bring up because it's a game that for some reason, I know it's pretty recent, so does it really count? Um, remember when he went, uh, it was during either Monday night or Thursday night against the Panthers, and it was like a 40-point lead or whatever we had oh, on them. And he Thursday was just night, thro- yeah. yeah, he was just throwing the most beautiful footballs I've ever seen in my whole life and I think that was one wasn't that what the game where Juju had like a 90 something yard reception was that that game as well that was one of them I'm picking the wrong game um but that one is one that comes to mind with Ben and the immaculate extension is a game that comes to mind with Ben <laughs> that was really that was all AB though game. true you're right um, that play but that game Ben kept a minute yeah. He did. Yeah. Yeah. He did. Yeah. He did. It was great. Christmas Day. That was fantastic. 
Yeah. Ben, what about you? What's, do, do you well, obviously, thing? Super Bowl 43. Okay, yeah. That pass yeah. to win the game. Oh, yeah. Was like a pro golfer sinking an 80 foot putt to win the Masters. I mean, there are maybe one or two guys in the world that could have made that throw, and he he threw it. It was money. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, Santonio should have caught the pass on the play the before, before people forget that, that. wouldn't yep. have mattered, but yeah, that pass was amazing. And it was the only place he could put it. Yep. And mm-hmm. he, he put it right in the perfect spot and Santonio stuck to catch and boom, the rest is history. Mm-hmm. Um, the two weeks in a row that he threw for, for six touchdowns. Yeah, that was pretty um, awesome. He was on fire. It was yeah. crazy. Yeah. Um, uh, the Ravens tackle win. during the Colts too. Yeah, yeah the tackle of was course. fantastic. Of course, mm-hmm. the amazing uh, tackle. The 2005 AFC Championship game in Denver. Yeah. Again, he was on fire. He'd been on fire all the way through the playoffs, and then the Super Bowl, he. Right. Right. It just got too I don't know, much or something. He got into yep. his own head, or what the deal was. He just didn't play very well in the Super no. Bowl. But it, it's too bad because he really had carried them there mm-hmm. during the playoffs. Yep. And then. Uh, Baltimore win, I want to say 2010. Was that the Isaac Redman play? Isaac Redman. Where the, the play before that, he shrugged off Terrell Suggs and threw right. it away. Did the, yeah, yeah. The flip. Yep, yep. Yeah. Did that. Yeah. yeah, Suggs should have been flagged for a face mask there anyway. That was yeah. bullshit. Um, swinging the guy around by the, literally by the face mask. No flag. I'm like, are you kidding me? Um, yeah, and then looking around, not finding a spot, checking it down to, to Redmond. And Redmond, to Running his credit, the entire Ravens defense. made a play. Yeah. yeah, He had to go, what, six, seven yards to get into the end zone and did it. Mm-hmm. That was yeah. that was amazing. Ian, what's, uh, what's your lasting memory or, or memories? Yeah, so I'm going to go bigger picture. That, And this is a true story. Growing up as a kid, Every year when my parents took me to see Santa Claus, I asked them to bring me a, a quarterback for the Steelers. <laughs> this is factually, I'm not making this up. I, I did this as a kid. Um, and, Isn't and, that like going to church and praying for a Steelers win? I think that's kind of against the rules, Ian. Done that too, so, you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but at any rate, um, you know, so finally, by the time, you know, I was a, I was a freshman in college, uh, when we when we drafted Ben, and I remember, you know, his first preseason game, he came in and played, and it was like, oh wow, we finally have something here. Like, there's 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 something here I've never seen it before. Because me growing up as a kid, like my first memories of quarterbacks were Bobby Brister and Neil O'Donnell, and like you know Kent Graham, Cordell Stewart, Jim yeah. Miller, not good. Right? Mike, Mike Tom Zach, yeah. Um, Tommy, Tommy Maddox, like you kind of thought there might be something, but he just didn't have it. And then they tried to do the, you know, Tommy gun offense and went six and 10 and wound up getting Ben. So, uh, but at any rate, you know, growing up in the nineties, my dad, my uncles, all those people always talked about how great the seventies were, how great the Super Bowls were the 2005 Super Bowl. Even though Ben played terrible, mm-hmm. winning that like finally made me feel like on level with the older generation. Like it gave me that connectivity <laughs> nice. that it was like I have something, a shared experience now that I know what it feels like to win a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. And it feels friggin' awesome. You know, and it's mm-hmm. like it, it's that that shared connectivity between the two generations of Steelers fans that Ben gave 
my generation that feeling of winning a Super Bowl. And we did it twice. Right. That feeling yeah. of winning a Super Bowl that, you know, our parents' generation had and growing up, we just heard about it and had to imagine what it was like. It, and it was even really better than what we imagined. So, I think, yeah, yeah, I think a lot of people fell into that category. Um, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. um, I, I the, the one play that always sticks out for me from him was that I, I think it was at Dallas early in his career when he was just scrambling all over the place. And I, I think he found Heath he found Miller, Heath Miller down the sideline. Side yeah. It was just one of those plays where it was just like, you know, a man that size just, just should not be able to do those kinds of things. Right. And, you know, and, um, and I, and then, you know, of course, getting the opportunity to meet him at his camp several years ago. Um, it, it was, it was weird. You know, it, it was, uh, I'm, I'm like, 10 or 11 years older than he is, but um, it's still, as he starts walking over to you, you you're realizing you're finally going to get to meet this guy. And, and, and I'm a fairly big person and his hand uh, pretty much just went all the way around my hand. Um, I mean, that was the first thing that struck me was just how big his hands were and, and uh, what a good guy he was just very friendly. And I, you know, obviously at that situation he was going to be, but, so, um, yeah, but uh, we move on and uh, into 2022, and we've, we've touched a little bit on, on Mason Rudolph and stuff. But uh, The one other thing I want to say with, with Ben, too, at quarterback, yeah. even from his rookie year when he came in, you never felt like you were out of a game. Like, even, no, you know, there, a lot of times his rookie year, it was the first time I can remember having any quarterback where – he got sacked on second down. You're like, yeah, he'll just pick it up on third down. We'll be right. okay. Like Ben will take care of us. We'll, we'll right. be okay. Mm-hmm. And you know, you pretty much 50. knew on third down that he'd do something, and he'd be like, ah, it's yeah. fine. It's yeah. fine. <laughs> he'll go off script here, and right. You know, yeah. something will happen. He'll convert it. Yeah, fifty-three yeah, it was great. fourth quarter comebacks in his career. I mean, just you know, you can't pick one. They're all. It's yeah. just he was never out of it. He was a, a tenacious competitor to the end, and. Mm-hmm. You know, my dad always liked to say that he was a glutton for punishment, that like he oh. took so much pain and abuse through his career and, you know, everything he had to go through with a variety of injuries and all that. And I think somebody said on the radio last week that Bennett had over like 200 MRIs in his career, like just with everything that happened. And that's like just an wow. insane number to think about. He's, a, he's, he's like a walking radiation, uh, yeah. whatever. I mean, jeez. Yeah. Uh, yeah, big picture. W- one more thing about Ben that is going to stick out, and we're going to miss. If the other team takes the lead, gives the ball back to the Steelers, and there's still there's a minute forty seven left, mm-hmm. do you just go, "Eh, he's got this"? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And you and you knew. I mean, you were just like, "Ah, hey, he's just going to do something," and yep. It, yep. it's fine. We need three points to win this. It's definitely happening. We need mm-hmm. seven. Yeah, we're probably still going to do it. Mm-hmm. It's going to happen, and and we're absolutely going to miss that because we're not going to have that guy anymore. And um, a comfort yeah. blanket. It is. Yeah, it, yeah. It, it's going to be a totally different feeling. It's going to um, be a shit show. <laughs> I said that. Yes. Yeah, Ben said that. Who else would have said that, right? Uh, Mike <laughs> Tomlin spoke on Tuesday, everyone, and um, he said uh, some very nice things about Matt Canada, the offensive coordinator. And, uh, those, those things eventually led to all of us, uh, pretty much recognizing that Matt Canada is going to be back. 
Um, so well, not if you ask Amanda, he's definitely getting fired. Well, you know, I look. That's what we, she says. We all talk to people, and I know Amanda has connections far and wide. Don't get me wrong; right. I know she does. Love you, Amanda. Um, but you know, I, Art Rooney. Uh, you know, maybe he'll trump him and say, "Nah, I want somebody else." But I don't think he would have said that had he uh, 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 really felt that way. But um, Ellie. Um, mm-hmm. Matt Canada coming back. Your thoughts. Mm. Okay. Swear um, words aloud. Swear words aloud. I really try not to swear, and you make it so difficult for me. Um, <laughs> Why? Why? Because one of us has to not swear on this podcast. No. We can't have all four of us I, I never swear. You're really? right, actually. It's You're so ben. full of ben. shit. <laughs> Once in a while. <sighs> Um, I don't really know. We've been in this situation for so long now, whether it's Matt Canada or Randy, I feel that we're just kind of stuck in a circle of we hate whoever's the OC. Um, yeah. And, and That's actually just, a valid point. Yep. Yeah, we're, we're in the same loop as we are now. I don't know. Did they guarantee he was coming back? Because I didn't hear what he said on Tuesday. I, I wouldn't say it's guaranteed. He just made comments about uh, I, I'm uh, kind of anxious to see what else he can do type things. Right. And, you know, if people are saying that, then that sounds like to me, they're going to be around another year. Um, yeah. He did so. say he wasn't satisfied with the performance. Yeah. But oh, then yeah. He, he got asked if, you know, some of the young inexperienced players had to like Canada had to tone down some things, and his response was basically, well, "When you have red paint, you paint the barn red." Which, you know, in Tomlin's words, was, right. you, you know, it's kind of like we had to deal with what we had. So, um, you know, I think there was some acknowledgement that maybe Canada didn't get to run the full gamut of what he wanted to, but at the same time, you know, Tomlin said he wasn't satisfied with the performance, but he kind of said, mm-hmm. "Like, I'm excited to see what he can do in the future." So, yeah, it was kind of a wishy-washy approach. Ben, do you do you take that comment as to mean that maybe he had to water down the offense because of Ben Roethlisberger? Or was I it took the his comments players? as a whole to be supportive of Matt Canada. Yeah, yeah, and to acknowledge the fact that the Steelers' offense was operating at a talent deficit this year, which yeah. it clearly was. Yeah. So it's a valid point. On the other hand, um, Matt Canada had some. Suspect play calls in some key situations this year. Mm -hmm. So I can understand where the fans are frustrated and they're done. Mm -hmm. You know, um, Canada was supposed to come in and be the savior, be the anti Randy Finkner. And it seemed like things got even worse this year. So people are a little fed up Um, by the same token, you know, square peg round hole, maybe, you know, uh, I, I think he could have designed better game plans. Um, he could have Absolutely. gotten Ben more involved. He could have let Ben go more, no huddle more often. Um, ben was obviously frustrated by a lot of the play calls. And some of them were just flat out stupid. I'm just, sorry. Oh, right. Ridiculous. Overuse of RPOs big time this yep. year. Yep. Um, I just, I, I don't know. Not a huge hey. fan, um, but it's, it doesn't occur to me that things are going to change mm-hmm. this offseason. And so I'm hoping for the best. 
and expecting the worst and expecting <laughs> i guess this coming year if we keep matt Canada, will be the true de deciding factor of what is the difference between what how much difference does talent make to this particular style of offense that he's supposedly wishing to run and this will be the season where you could arguably turn around and say well here's here's the offense you wanted what are you going to do with it and mm -hmm. i'm just not convinced that you're going to see such a dramatic change that you can turn around and go oh it was definitely all talent last year so it remains to be seen but i'd be surprised if it was that dramatic of a difference I, I think as bad as this offensive line was, and, and mm -hmm. the offensive line is the, is the very foundation of your unit, mm -hmm. as bad as this line was, it's really difficult to judge a coach based upon their results. Mm -hmm. Maybe he called those plays because he looked at the situation and it wasn't necessarily the best play call, mm -hmm. but it was the best one that offense could execute, could he do. thought, yeah. maybe. Mm -hmm. And so he called it. Um, I don't know. I, I cannot say with certainty, like I said, not a big fan, but I got to hope for the best. And I, I don't know what else to do there. Yeah. It occurs to me. He's coming back. Sorry, Amanda. Mm -hmm. Not really though. Yeah, Not really. Yeah. She really does love the guy. She just won't no, admit it. She, she hates him. Yeah. I think they used to date. That's why she's, she's really bitter. Very bitter. <laughs> Very bitter. Uh, you know, yeah. Uh, Ian, uh, your thoughts on, on Canada? I think my my biggest takeaway was that his offense lacked an identity because it was trying to do too much. There was a really good article, um, I think it was from The Ringer last week, um, on kind of summarizing the different offensive schemes that different playoff teams were running. Um, the Steelers weren't listed in any of the three that they ran through. But as I read the descriptions of each one, I was like, oh, we do a little of this. Oh, we do a little of that. Oh, we do a little of this, too. Mm -hmm. And it was I got to thinking, I was like, maybe this is why we have no identity on offense, because we're trying to do these RPOs. We're trying to mix in some power running things. We're trying to run, um, you know, all these different schematic things. Like mm -hmm. you look at a team like the 49ers, right? They have different running plays they run, but it's all the same kind of running style. And then their passing game is built off their, you know, going play action off the running game and, and things like that. Right. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo, by the way, would be an awesome quarterback in Cleveland behind that line with that running game. And I yes. hope to goodness yes. he does not wind up in Cleveland. Uh, putting Jimmy Garoppolo on the Steelers would be a huge mistake to ask him to try and create something out of an offense where, you know, he has to actually read the field and, and go through progressions. But but in, in that style of offense, it fits for him. Um, and, and so, you know, even even looking at other teams, you know, that it's just Canada, I think, tried to do too much. And, mm -hmm. you know, those those last couple of games, like especially the Cleveland game, you saw the line started to kick some ass because we simplified things. It was we talked about this a few weeks ago. It was we're just going to go out and power block the guy in front of us and not worry about who's pulling and who's trapping and who's got this guy. And and, you know, trying to get your your center out to block a, a slot cornerback in space like it was, you know, I, I think, yeah, some of it was inexperienced. Some of it was they just tried to do too much. Um, and, and, you know, I but think did you notice that that only worked against Cleveland. 
It did, yeah. The, only team, they had any, the yeah. only team they had any success running the ball against this year was Cleveland. Right. Denver twice. a little bit. But twice, yeah. yeah. Denver. Denver, yeah. Yeah, well, they did. I think not, that was Najee's first 100-yard game, I think. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that was why when they did it the second time, I was kind of like, I'm taking this to the grain of salt. It's Cleveland again. Yeah. There's something they've picked out about that defense that they can exploit, which is great. I'm I'm happy about that. Right. But you need. Nope, Ben's I think we again. lost Ben again. Yep. But yeah, it, on a on a broader point, I think do, you know do it to the. Oh, Ben's still talking. <laughs> the the broader point is you need a coordinator who can adapt their offense for the players that they no, have, I, and not try and force the players into their offensive scheme. Right. Right. No, I agree. Wait, but Ben is completely frozen on the screen right now. He yeah. he he. There he is. He's now he's back. Uh, he, he looked like he was getting ready to solve a puzzle on Wheel of Fortune. Um, yeah, well, that's quite all right. Um, I, you know, I get keeping Canada around. I, I from from the aspect of okay, this, now you can run your offense a little bit more. It's mm-hmm. not like uh, Mason Rudolph or Dwayne Haskins is, is is exactly this mobile quarterback that his offense, you know really could use because neither of them are um but maybe maybe it just allows you to do some different things i i don't know we'll see that maybe. line will be a year you're more experienced um uh which will definitely <laughs> um as everybody knows we are part of the pigskin podcast network and as part of that we are pleased to be partnered with DraftKings. And it is now the divisional playoffs. If you download the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now, use promo code TPPN. Get 56 to 1 odds on any NFL team. Bet just $5 and win 280 in free bets if your team wins. That's promo code TPPN for 56 to 1 odds at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the National Football League. All right. Uh, There was a little bit of talk this week about Keith Butler, the defensive coordinator. Uh, Mike Tomlin acknowledged Tuesday um, that possibility exists. He could retire. They kind of discussed it at the beginning of the year. And and, uh, Butts, as he's affectionately known around there, um, did hint at it. Um, The logic seems to be that Terrell Austin would elevate to that. Um, Ellie, are you okay with that? Or, or are you of the opinion you'd like to see a completely new person come in and run the defense? God, that's a really good question. Um, I think I have a tendency sometimes to be too, um, what's the word? Reserved, I guess. And always mm-hmm. think like, oh, well, if you just elevate the next guy up, maybe not too much will change and the defense is you know, you will just continue under the same sort of routine, I suppose. Mm-hmm. But I also see a lot of people now arguing that it's time the Steelers hired from outside of their bubble. So if they were going to do that, especially if they're going to keep Matt Canada on offense, maybe this is the position that they might actually potentially make that decision to do that for the first time in a long time. Mm-hmm. Although they've also got to find an OL no, they don't. Do we have an OL coach? I can't remember now. We we have Chris Morgan is the guy that elevated. Yeah, he to elevated, that position, right. But but I don't. That's another one. We we don't know yeah. if Tomlin's going to stick with him or or go outside either. 
yeah, that's, so that's it, a good point. It's potential that one of those two positions may be hiring from the outside, and if Keith Butler retires, maybe that's the position they uh, they decide to try that. Maybe. Yeah, uh, Ben, what's what do you think about butts? Time for some change there, I, or I think decision? that they hired Austin with the thought in mind that Butler was going to retire at some point in the next few years. And that when he did, they'd had a coordinator in waiting and they did it on purpose. And mm -hmm. I think that people are assuming that Austin is not going to. So do I have you guys? Yeah. You're, you're no? just real choppy again. Yeah. Yeah. What the fuck? Um, so you needed to swear more. That's the yeah. issue. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Seriously. Austin has more. been a coordinator a few times. So yes. Um, I, I don't necessarily expect him not to bring new ideas to the table just because he ran in Keith Butler's defense, Keith Butler and Mike Tomlin's defense, mind you mm -hmm. for the previous few years. I also think that, any coordinator who comes in is going to have to deal with Mike Tomlin meddling in the defense. And a lot of DCs are just not going to want to do that for that right. reason. They're just going to be like, nah, I don't, I want to run my own defense. I don't want to mm -hmm. be the understudy to the, to the head coach. Right. I, I don't want to do what he wants to do. I, I want to run my own D. So you're not going to get, you're not going to have a lot of opportunities given those circumstances to bring mm -hmm. some guy in who's, you know, a really premium choice. Um, I don't know. That's my take on it. I, yeah. I tend to believe given what Austin has done previously, that the, the defense, if he took it over, would not remain static. Interesting. Okay. That things would flex. Yeah. Yeah. Ian, uh, thoughts on, on Butler or, or Austin there? Yeah, the, the one thing I'll mention with Austin, you know, his other defensive coordinator experiences in Detroit and Cincinnati were both in 4-3 schemes. And then we hired him to be our secondary coach, and, and there's some applicability between, you know, secondaries in whatever defense right. running in the front seven. Um, but, you know, let's not forget Tomlin came up as a 4-3 guy too. Um, so, you know, if if – if you want to take a look at, at sort of revamping the defense, and I'm not saying we have to move from a 3-4 to a 4-3, but there, conceptually there's similar things we can do, right? We run so much nickel right now. Mm -hmm. We essentially have four linemen, four rushers, even if whatever they are, outside linebackers or defensive ends, and then you know two linebackers and five defensive backs. So it's essentially the same scheme. You might just call players something different. Right. Um, you know, so I think I think there could be some some changes. I think, you know, Austin in Detroit and in Cincinnati had a very aggressive secondary, especially aggressive corners that he coached mm -hmm. um, to play press man coverage, and that wasn't always Butler's thing. Butler liked no. more soft coverage, yeah. more zones, things like that. So I think Ben's right. I think you'd see some differentiation if it was Austin. Um, but you know, that being said, I'm I'm a big fan of finding ex head coaches to come into coordinator and position coach roles. Um, Cause I feel like they've coached at a higher level and maybe haven't had success, but that gives them kind of that big picture approach that they know where they fit in to the whole scheme of a team. 
Well, right? I, yeah. Yeah. So, to you know, you, you look at some former failed head coaches that have continued to have very successful coaching careers at the coordinator or position coach type roles. And there's a handful of guys that got fired this year from head coaching jobs that were really damn good defensive coordinators before they got head coaching jobs. So, you know, uh, I think it's, it's worth, I mean, they could just promote from within. They mm -hmm. like that consistency and stability and that's a hallmark of the organization. It is. Um, but I think, you know, at the end of the day too, if there's somebody better out there, you're doing your team a disservice if you don't at least kick the tires on it. Mm -hmm. I I think that yeah. the larger issue is this: the Steelers still have one of the smaller staffs, coaching staffs in the league, mm -hmm. and they need to take a look at that. And that's you know, I don't want to say that's on Mike Tomlin because that's a, that's a you know global conversation he has right. with Art Rooney, right. where he says, "Hey, I want to hire this guy or this guy, and it's going to cost this much." Um, but the Steelers need to take a look at that in my opinion um you so, know there so are teams you... that have assistant quarterback coaches right for christ's sake you know um Steelers don't have that so i mean obviously you can go the other way and you can have too many voices or too many hands uh in the pie um what what types of things are you talking about in, in terms of adding some staff is there anything in particular well, one of the things that Terrell Austin was hired to do was help Mike Tomlin with game management decisions. Exactly what I was thinking. Yep. yep. And look at things from a statistical probability aspect during the course of the game and say, do this, don't do this. Um, I'm going to watch this play. I'm going to tell you whether or not you should challenge it or not. Things along those lines. Hiring a guy who does nothing but that, to me, would be fantastic, but that has to be a guy that Tomlin hires yep. and trains and trusts, or there's no value there. Right. That has to be Tomlin's guy. So it has to be yeah. Tomlin's decision to do it. No, um, I, I, I agree. That's exactly but yeah, what having, I was thinking. Having a couple of secondary coaches, I think that's, and they do now. I mean, although Austin has split duties, but mm -hmm. having a couple of full time secondary coaches, when you got 10 guys in the secondary, yeah. Why not have two coaches? Um, you got two linebacker coaches. Unfortunately, right. one of them splits his duties as, as a defensive coordinator. You need a full-time defensive coordinator and and two linebacker coaches. I think one defensive line coach is probably enough. Two offensive line coaches, definitely you need that. Mm -hmm. uh, tight ends coach, yes, you need one guy. Running backs coach, so on and so forth. Quarterbacks coach, offensive coordinator, uh, special teams coach. Maybe you want an, an assistant special teams coach. I don't know. But looking at ways to effectively mm -hmm. expand that staff might be, not be a bad idea. That's all. I'm I think saying. it's a, I think it's a good uh, a good point to raise. The Steelers do have a relatively small staff, yep. um, and and why not open it up a little bit more? You know, I, I think at this point it can't can't hurt at least right now. Right now, um, I, I, I wanted to. to just kind of get close to wrapping things up here. Um, Ellie, I, I'm going to give you $45 million. Um, okay. And um, it, it'll be in a check that will bounce, but uh, <laughs> needless to say, $45 million. No, that, I mean, that's projected to be somewhere in the neighborhood of what the Steelers are going to have cap. Let's just call it 40, I, whatever you want. Mm -hmm. I mean, 
what are you doing first? If if you have an opportunity to get some guys mm-hmm. in there, the Steelers have never been a team that have gone out and gotten huge money free agents. So mm-hmm. that we can just kind of take that off the board right now. I don't mm-hmm. see it happening. Maybe. You never know. We haven't had this kind of cap room in a long time. Right. Steven Nelson. No. What are you, Jeff are you looking at? A corner cornerback, a lineman, a defensive lineman, a linebacker. What right now, what is is your agenda? Top of your agenda right now. I mean, the list is long of things it, it is. that we need, yeah. both in terms of people no longer being in those positions and in terms of people just not being the best at those positions. Um, I've always been someone who looks at the O-line first and always worries about the O-line and thinks that we don't pay enough attention to it and it deserves more money being plowed into it because a better O-line is a better offense, in my opinion. So I guess that would be one of the first positions I would be looking at. Um, And you do have to, at least looking towards the future, you have to think about quarterback. If... if, um, Ben said Mason is a fifth going into his fifth year or he is a fifth year. Yeah. Um, if you're looking for the future, that's not it. So that's another thing that we want to, I would think, would be uh, one of the first things I'd be considering. If I'm not considering it this season, I'm considering it definitely next season. Um, but for me, it would be O-line and then quarterback. Those are my top two that come straight to my mind. Excellent. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Ian, what do you what do you think? What are what are you gonna look at first? Obviously, you got the draft. I know that. But, yeah. but yeah. what free agency? What are you looking at? Um, I mean, if if you want my absolute like wish list, I mean, I, I absolutely agree. Um, you know, I think going into the off season, quarterback is obviously the number one thing we need to figure something out for. Whether it's um, you know. And, and Tomlin kind of left all the options open. So whether it's, yeah. you know, getting a free agent, picking someone in the draft, and there's been times in the past where we've done both at a position of yeah. need where, you know, we've, we've signed a free agent and drafted someone in the first round. So that's all options mm-hmm. are on the table. Mm-hmm. Quarterback is the number one priority. Number two <laughs> priority is figuring out what's going on with Stefan to it. Is he going to come back or is he going to retire or are we going to have to cut him? Just what's going on there? Cause that changes your needs on the defensive line as well. Um, you know, Isaiah Laudermilk played very well for being a rookie, but yep. I don't think he's ready to step into a full-time starting role yet. Agreed. Tyson Alulu is going to be in his late thirties. So, you know, I don't know, you know, he's had two major injuries the last few years. I don't know if he's going to come back or retire or what's happening there. Um, you know, I would definitely re-sign Montrevis Adams and, sign Minka Fitzpatrick to a, you know, Justin Simmons like extension. Um, so I guess the first thing I would do would be yeah. sign Minka to an extension. Second mm-hmm. thing I would do, uh, you know, after you figure all those other things out, figure out what you're doing with the O-line. If Kendrick Green's not your center, you got to go out and get a center, whether it's in free agency or the draft, you got to get a right tackle. Cause Zach Banner, isn't it? I think, um, you know, I think you can move green to guard. Honestly, I think you could do Dan Moore at right tackle, um, or left, left tackle, sorry, uh, left tackle. Yeah. Uh, Kevin Dotson at left guard, figure out what you're doing at center, move Kendrick green to right guard, and then you need a center and a right tackle. And the, the question okay, with we'll see moving Kevin green, Kendrick green, Kevin green, Jesus, Kendrick green to, to <laughs> right guard is whether or not he can pull left. If yeah. he can pull left, he can play mm-hmm. right. He can play right guard. And I, I don't know if he can, I think he's got, the basic quicks and strength to play the position, although he's undersized. Right. But I'm not sure how effective he can be in that role 
because of it. That was one of the things that David DeCastro really excelled at well until Mm -hmm. his last year. And then he was terrible. Yeah. Yeah. But at any rate, to answer your question, um, I would, if, if Tampa doesn't re-sign him, I would go out and kick the tires on Jordan Whitehead, who is probably the best run stopping safety in the league. And our run defense was absolutely putrid this year and pairing Jordan Whitehead and Minka Fitzpatrick together at safety would be an amazing tandem. Um, Looking at inside linebackers, I would also kick the tires on a guy like Justin Jackson to be a backup running back behind Najee because Jackson, when he's had to step in for Austin Eckler for the Chargers, has proven he can both run and catch. And Benny Snell can't really do either of those. And if you want to spell Najee, you want a guy that can do both and can play three downs. And especially like if Najee were to get hurt, who's going to come in and play? Um, Yeah. So a, a guy like that who can do that, I'm not a big fan of spending a lot of money on running backs, but you know Justin Jackson's been on a, a undrafted free agent rookie contract, so you can probably get him for relatively cheap. And the Chargers just signed Eckler to an extension, so um, you know I don't I don't think you know there's much of a starting future for him there. Maybe someone would pay him, but he hasn't really done a whole lot just in you know sort of injury reserve roles. Um, you know, and then maybe if, if you want to go the free agency route at quarterback, I think we've talked about Marcus Mariota before as being a guy that, you know, if you're signing a quarterback to be a bridge guy and you're going to mm-hmm. put him behind a, a young, inexperienced offensive line, you want a guy that has some mobility. And, you know, Mariota has more mobility than probably any other free agent quarterback on the market right now. Um, so, you know, that, that would kind of be my, my wish list in addition like to it. figuring out the offensive line. And you probably need to figure something out at inside linebacker too. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree with everything you just said. Yeah. Ben, what, uh, what would your attack plan be here? I think they're hoping that Devin Bush finds a way to return to his, his previous play level. So I don't think he's going to be gone. Um, no. Joe Schobert is really highly compensated and mm-hmm. that's a guy I would consider cutting. He's not, I, I think he's gone personally. He's not a $10 million linebacker. No. Um, I also, I would cut Zach Banner. Yep. Um, and I, I would bring in other right tackles. Um, that's me. Yeah. Uh, they need a slot corner in the worst way. They need a slot corner badly. Mm-hmm. And if they're not going to draft one high, they need to take one in free agency and, and get him in there. And it, this needs to be a guy who can cover and tackle. He needs to be able to, to help and run support as well as being good in coverage. Yeah. Um, yeah, that our, our slot corner situation last year was fantastic. Uh, this year, not so much. And mm-hmm. that was a problem. In the run this year, it, it, you know, defending the run, we were terrible. Yeah, it was an awful, awful team. You know, Minka Fitzpatrick leading the team in tackles never is good. not a good sign. No. Your free safety should never, ever lead your team in tackles. That's the last line of defense. That should not mm-hmm. be the guy mm-hmm. who has to run up and make make tackles in the run. That's bullshit. Mm-hmm. Uh, inside linebacker, you got to do something. Slot corner, you got to do something. Um, they need depth. They need legitimate depth at outside linebacker, okay? Taco Charlton, pleasant surprise. A guy they snatched off a practice squad. Um, He's not good. (coughs) He's never going to play. He's never going to realize that first-round pedigree. No, no, that ship sailed. 
but he he is a a pleasant surprise as far as the depth player goes. Derek Tiska, why? Why? Awful. Well, he did, what, what did he end up with? He didn't have a sack and a forced fumble or a fumble recovery yeah, or something? No, just terrible. They need legitimate depth at outside linebacker. They, they need to figure out what's going on with Stephon to it, as Ian pointed out. They need a they need Who's... a little bit of depth in the defensive line. I mean, Henry Mondu, sorry, he needs to go. Just no. Um, offensive line is is way more important, way more pressing, and quarterback, as mm-hmm. has, has, mm-hmm. has been alluded to by both these people. I'm not going to expand upon that other than to say that has to be addressed. Um, they're going to need depth at wide receiver. They need another running back badly. It, yeah, absolutely. Um, that's where I go with it. I mean, I think they're going to sign a veteran quarterback. I think them saying mm-hmm. Mason Rudolph is going to compete with Dwayne Haskins is is them already saying we don't have any any faith in these two guys. No. Because Haskins is terrible versus the number ones this year in the preseason. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. if they're saying that he's he's still in line to compete for the starting role, yeah, they're basically saying this thing's yeah. wide open and they need to Agreed. bring in another guy. I mean, and th- that guy may or may not be, you know, even a great placeholder, but if he can be a placeholder, mm-hmm. okay. Give you a chance every week. Yeah. Um, last thing before we go here, um, and, and Ian, I know you do this uh, pretty routinely each year. You kind of break down the Steelers root, uh, fan rooting guide. Yes. You know, teams we should be uh, uh, rooting for or not. Obviously, I once the Steelers are on, I, they could all just, you know, burn in hell for all I care. Ian's a big Patriots fan when the Steelers are on. Uh, yeah, that, that's true. That's true. And he does follow all of the officials very closely. He's a big fan of the Zebras. Um, or as they say in the UK, big, I believe it's zebra. Uh, big, zebra big week yeah. for the zebras zebra. last week. Oh, yeah. rough week for the zebras. Um, <laughs> so, uh, Ellie, the way that uh, Dallas game ended was perfect, personally. I don't know, <laughs> well, I don't know why their fans are bitching it. about it. I'm like, you know, if you guys, if you guys had played better in the previous 59 46, that shit I wouldn't have mattered. <laughs> It was I. I wanted a camera shot on Jerry Jones that whole final play, and they didn't give it to me. Oh man! Supposedly, I to see his face. I, I saw a, a picture on Twitter of some of a shot of Jones walking down the hallway, and they said that like with forty seconds left in the game, he left his press box to go down to the locker room. No way. Yeah, I'll, I'll find it for you. He yeah. does that a lot. Where he'll, he'll leave his private. Oh no! I know he down comes the down. But I, I mean, wow. Uh-uh-uh. Not, not exactly the chief getting in the elevator, huh? Uh, man, okay. Uh, so, Ellie, I'll start with you. Yes. Steelers are out. Mm. The team you would most want to see win the Super Bowl. I couldn't give a shit. <laughs> Good answer. I love it. That's, a, that's what we should just stop right there. Yeah, yeah, no, I know. Anyone but the Bengals. That's it. How about, not the Bengals. <laughs> not Tom Brady. The team. The how about how about the team you don't want to win? Not the Bengals. I have yeah. a real thing like AFC North rivalry for a reason. Not the Bengals. Sorry, Agreed. but no. Agreed. Yeah. 
Yeah. Ian, what do you got? Who, who, who's the rooting fan interest here? The the rooting fan interest is no one in our division. So, like Ali said correctly, no not the Bengals, uh, not Tom Brady because we don't need to right. see that fucker win again. No, nope. uh, not the 49ers because they have five Super Bowls uh, and could tie whatever. us with six. Yep. Um, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Okay, not them. Yeah, not them. Uh, a Packers Rogers, win would be five. Aaron, Aaron Rodgers is kind of a dick, so not, you know. Not the Packers. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. 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 Um, so, honestly, like, Buffalo, I, like, I, I'd say I'm most on board with Buffalo winning because yeah. that's yeah. that's relatively harmless. Um, you know, they're kind of fun to watch. They've got some Pittsburgh guys and, yeah. you know, yeah. They, I'd say, they've been to the Super Bowl and lost a bunch of times. Yeah. 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 It'd be good for their fans. Yeah, and they're a very yeah. deserving fan base. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't ben, want to say, uh, yeah, whatever. Ben, yeah. ben any uh, thoughts on this particular topic? Uh, <laughs> you know, pretty much the thoughts that have already been echoed here. Um, yeah. yeah, not the Bengals because same yep. division. Not Tom Brady because fuck that guy. Yeah. Um, let me see. That I don't really care if anybody else wins it. I'll be honest. I'm really just not that invested in it at this point. The season's over as far as I'm concerned. Yep. Um, uh, you know, if I, I guess I won't complain if the Bills win. Sure. Mm-hmm. It, it would be very, and I don't know what the word is, but it would be really interesting to see them win, especially considering we opened on the road in Buffalo at the beginning of this year and won. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, Defense and special teams played yep. lights out. Yep. They they really did, and uh, just hard to believe. But that's, and then we that's, lost Tyson Alualu. Yep, and that's then the NFL was... for you. <sighs> Don't you win? All right. Well, we'll be with you all through the preseason. We'll get into much more specifics on free agency, the draft, who we're looking at, who we're not looking at, um, and all the latest news that comes out of Pittsburgh. And we'll have it every week for you right here. And again, thank you for listening. To the SCB Steelers podcast presented by Deck Roofing Incorporated of South Florida. And as always, go Steelers. And as always, Ravens suck. Last place. <laughs>